Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in the Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket comes. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Stripping Roll. I am your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 33. I am joined uh, by a first-time guest on this pod. His name is Stacy Patton. That is at Stacy Patton 89 on Twitter. Stacy, how are you doing? How's the motherland? Um, hot and humid. Um, but nice uh, yeah, I, I, it's hotter than I thought it would be in the in February, you know, um, from my part of the motherland, it's usually, it gets kind of cool this time of year, but, uh, it, uh, the heat, uh, it's still, it's still pretty hot in, in, uh, in, in the land of doses and mimosas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my homeland. Uh, all right. Before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Please check that out. That is at the strict.land on Instagram. Give us a follow. We're posting all kinds of new content on there. Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel. That would be a huge help to us. Finally, the Strickland has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland mailbag that comes out every other week, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. The Doug Bag, along with Dallas Amico. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, this pod right here that I host, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more than I normally do. Uh, you also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, I don't know if you have had a chance to watch the last couple of games because I know you've been, you know, doing Indian stuff. Um, but, but like, I don't know. I'm... I, the Josh Hart ad looks great. Um, he's been really sharp, and I think he. We all kind of suspected that upgrading that rotation spot uh, where Deuce was playing before was the best way for the Knicks to improve this season. And obviously, um, the early returns look good on them targeting Hart to uh, to acqu- to to address that. And um, yeah, I mean, look, he, the threes are great. He's probably not going to shoot 67% from three where the fuck he's shooting in his two games as a Nick. But I tweeted this out yesterday. Like, if he shot 6% from three for the rest of the year, I still think he'd be a clear net positive player for this team. So uh, I think, uh, I mean, can't call it a home run, but it's, uh, it's definitely a hit. Definitely feels like a hit. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I think that him and quickly being a pretty lethal bench combo was pretty easy to foresee. Um, just the way that both of them play. Um, I tweeted about this earlier, but uh, you know, I think it's, you know, the Knicks, we've talked a lot about, you know, there's a lot of competing voices in the Knicks front office. Tibbs obviously has a voice, uh, you know, worldwide West kind of brings a lot of the relationships with players. Um, and then Allard and, you know, other parts, the front office are, you know, potentially more analytically inclined. Um, and I think that a lot of the Knicks players, the ones that have had, like, the most success, have that sweet spot between they do the things that Tibbs really like and they're just analytical. Um, you know, they, they show up well in analytics, right? Brunson gives you the Tibbsy point guard who can get downhill, uh, you know, who's aggressive, scoring mindset. 
um, but also like just super efficient. You know, that's going to make the analytics folks happy. Um, you know, Josh Hart is, you know, I mean, he he was compared to like Tibbs compared him to Jimmy Butler, and it's. I mean, he's obviously not that level of player, but it's a, there are you can see the, you know the physicality, just the the intellect, the ability to to, to like you know in, in those tough fifty fifty plays, right? There's so many of those I've seen where it's just a loose ball or the ball's getting tipped up, and he just finds a way to come down with it. And I don't even know if I can call it effort because it, it's something more than that, right? There's just there's lots of guys who, are, who will try to get it, and you know. Now, sometimes guys come up with it because, yeah, Mitchell Robinson come up, comes up with more loose balls than other guys because, you know, he has those advantages. But there's just guys like, I mean, if you're playing basketball, you know this too. Like, there's just guys who have a, you know, call it a nose for the ball or they just, they, they get those balls. And that's just one thing. And, and um, you know, uh, so I, I think that, but if you look at some of the guys who've had the most success, Hart is like that. Quickly, obviously, he's like that, right? Like, Tibbs loves all the little things that he does. Um, and obviously, like, he's a plus-minus god, right? Uh, I would say Mitch actually fits into that a little bit as well, right? Where he gives, you the, he gives you a rim protector in the mold that Tibbs likes, but because of how many other things he brings, you know, the vertical gravity and, you know, offensive rebounding that may not ex exactly, you know, always jump off the same way when you value uh, some of these guys in, you know, in terms of dollars. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I would mention him. There's another guy I was thinking of. The point is, like, I, I think that, this front office in order to like kind of like they've done a good job of finding those guys who are going to appease Tibbs, but also, you know, bring some of those, you know, hit, hit on some of those other things. Um, and with, with Hart, I think you also talked a lot about character. Um, you know, the kind of character of guys that they're looking at looking for. And we've seen that, you know, very much so off the bat. Yes. Obviously Hart's happy to be here. But it's even like, um, you know, I think this was partly because of what happened with the Gary Payton second, second situation. But, you know, he went out of his way during his press conference to say, you know, how much he admired, admired the Portland situation. Um, you know, he's obviously playing with a, a larger, it's it's weird because he's gone to the bench, but his role is a little bit larger, right? He's asked, he's given a little bit more offensive freedom. Yeah, he, um, he, know, talked about it in the, he, he talked yeah. about that in his post game yesterday. Right. So one, he's adapting to a new role, but also like he was, he... He stressed, and I think everyone in Portland said that, yeah, he, you know, where other players might have been annoyed that I don't get to show off everything I want to do, especially in a contract year, he was very professional about it, right? Um, and he made sure to be clear in the press conference that, like, I'm not ripping Portland. Like, that was just, that was my role there. My role is a little bit different, so I can show off these kind of things. Um, so you, you put all of that together, and this is this is a pretty much a slam dunk and um, acquisition. And you, you look at this team, and, and I'll, uh, there's one other guy I want to talk about um, in particular because he's a guy who came under a lot of criticism, and he's been as important to this winning streak, or you know, this the recent run of success the Knicks have, particularly given their injuries. But um, but there's just like a, this is a team with a lot of just good basketball players. Uh, you know, Brunson and Randall. You know, it, neither of them is probably as good as Carmelo Anthony, but in terms of top end talent, there's just we haven't had a one two punch like that since. Um, I mean, Ewing's pretty well, you know? I, I mean, I think that one-two punch is better than Zach Randolph and Jamal Crawford, um, to say the least. So, um, you know, you, you have you have those guys. Then you have, you know, an elite center who's uh, – an elite defensive center and rebounder who's come, who's injured, right? Quentin Grimes can knock down threes. RJ's in a slump, but we know that he has talent. You have two of the best bench players in the NBA, two bench players who should be – who would be starters Great. on most teams. Three, um, I think, at this the, point. Who's the third? Hart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, oh I Both, was. Oh, okay, I, yeah, Hart, Hart and Hartenstein. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously quickly. And that's, and that's who I was talking about before. That, like, that's another. We talk about culture, right? It would have been the kind of guys that targeted. Hartenstein's another good example, right? Like, there was a whole controversy. I don't know what his girlfriend said about his role or whatever, but he was not used properly. He, he, people didn't, he didn't get played to his strengths. He's 24. And, you know, he was a pretty well-regarded player. He left a good situation in L.A. to come here. He really struggled. And, you know, obviously the team isn't better without Mitchell Robinson. But if there is a blessing in disguise, I do wonder if Mitch not being there made Hart Hartenstein realize that, okay, I'm going to have to play, and they're not going to pull me if I screw up. Like, he's not going <laughs> to – Tibbs is not going to play Obi and Randall together. Um, so it's on me. And, 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 you know, obviously, you know, 
you know, if you have the right attitude, you're, you, you'll figure things out in time. A lot of free agents, you know, it, it takes time and there's a whole process. But he's, yeah, you, he's been really important to this team. And um, just, I mean, it looks, he's one of the league leaders in boxing out. Um, so he's really committed to doing everything that they've asked of him. And, you know, don't look now, but over the last few games, they have started to feature him a little bit more, you know, making plays from the top of the key. So um, the long and short of it is the Knicks are just a really fun and good team to watch, and I expect them to even uh, increase once uh, Mitch Robinson comes back. Yeah, I, I mean, the other thing with Hardenstein is I think he's just moving better. He had that. He said he had an Achilles soreness or whatever that was lingering throughout the bunch of the start of the season, so um, I think that might, maybe he just, yeah, it's just a matter of him getting right physically again, because he is moving a lot better. Um, he still can get pushed around on the boards a bit, but I think his defensive rebounding has come on a long way uh, over this last like three, four weeks. And he's just been a little he's, bit more he's, active. He's, he boxes out, right? Like they're not always going to be the most effective box out, but he's in the right place. And that's, you know, more than half. His box guys. outs, his box outs are pretty funny. Cause he's like hunched over like the hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> or something. Um, but he's been, he's been more active um, at least maybe not active is the right, right word, but he's been a little bit more um, impactful. I think, offensively not they're still not using him much as a playmaker and to be honest like he has he's had some brutal reps in pick and roll where he has an opportunity at, like you know to attack a short on a short roll type of thing like he, he had one yesterday where quickly fed him and he just like airmailed the layup he's had a few of those from quickly the last three or four games fucking up my boys assist numbers um but he's just been better and more active around the rim i think like he got a lob yesterday right he's had a couple of big putbacks like he, he's He's definitely moving better, um, and it's good to see. And, like, yeah, I mean, look, the Knicks, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I told you, I was like, I think they should eat, go 500 before the All-Star break. I'm pretty sure they're going to do they They've done it, basically. Um, go, go, there have been seven and six, I think, Mitch, Mitch got hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so no matter what, they will finish above, they're, what, 32 and 27 now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With two games left. Right? So they're guaranteed to finish one above game, 500. One game, one game. Isn't it just they one, have game? one game left? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Atlanta, I think I think they're like Atlanta and something else. Sorry, let me just check that right now. Yeah, so they have one game. So so they have a chance to go um, thirty three and twenty seven going in. Uh, but yeah, they they can, they'll finish at worst four games above five hundred going in, and they yeah get Mitch back. So well, yeah. Hopefully, he said they said that he hadn't started. Um, he was, was he'd started on court work, but he hasn't been cleared yet for contact. Um, so. We'll see. I hopefully he's back after the All Star so break. Another definitely... week or two after the yeah. maybe, but let's let's hope not because that would suck. But they've gone actually eleven and ten this year without Mitch. So they've the defense collapses. But look, if you can score the way they can score, um, you're gonna you're gonna be able to to win a lot of ball games. And to be honest, like I think I'm pretty bullish on what the defense can be even in Mitch's absence at times um, with hearts addition. I think we have a lot more options now. Uh, like you're talking about you have three high level quality defensive perimeter players, right? Uh, in terms of quickly heart and Grimes, that that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I think if you look at Hart's career, he's not that great a defender, but he is arguably the next best event generator. So he adds that and he gets you a lot of transition. So um, you know, that helps the offense. Yeah, and I just think he's a he's a different profile from what they had. Like he's six four, he plays like he's six seven. The physicality yeah. he plays with, he 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 just plays so much bigger than what he's listed at. And um, which Grimes has, Grimes kind of is like that too. But Hart's on another level, and he's a much better rebounder, obviously. So yeah, Hart's a better rebounder. Hart is probably a better. I want to say he's better at his intuition defensively. I think is a little bit above Grimes at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the Knicks have options. That's the entire point. And Hartenstein obviously playing better gives the Knicks a little bit more solidity in the back line. And I know Jericho, Jericho Sims has weirdly become everybody's new whipping boy, but um, yeah, I, I, think, stretch, so. I think he's fine. Like he's a third big being asked to do start games and it's hard. It's a hard spot for him. Uh, I think he's okay. I think you see stretches where, there are really good things he does, and then you see stretches where he struggles, and 
I'm okay with that. He's, and he's, I mean, he's, he's playing as good as Brunson has been. Like, yeah, like he's not good in pick and roll defense. So, you know, when you're the drop big behind that, anyone's going to look kind of bad. And with Sims, he's least equipped on the team probably to deal with that. So, yeah. And I, I think unless, he's, you're, unless you're going to switch, but they're not switching. So, yeah. yeah. What it is. And at the end of the day, like, I think he's done a better job of boxing out. I'm not saying he's great at it. I think he's probably, I mean, he's definitely worse than Mitch. I think there are times he's worse than Hartenstein. I go back and forth on them. I think they're both kind of like have similar issues on the defensive glass, but he's been a great offensive rebounder for the Knicks too. So that's like helped them stay afloat offensively. Um, even in Mitch's he's, abs- great at finding, yeah. he's great at finding shooters off for those two, which, which I, I will say Mitch has improved there, but it uh, seems like he gets the rebound. He's also been a, a lot more confident about going up with putbacks or like pump faking, clearing space and throwing the dunk. He was a, he, he lacked that confidence. Uh, no, I think he's on defense. There's big man issues, but um, but it, it's and you're seeing that with a. I mean, you know, I wish we didn't have to have reactions after every game. You're seeing with RJ. You're seeing with the grime stuff. A lot of these guys, like especially younger players, they're just they're kind of going through it, and you have to, um, you know, you have to kind of be ready to to ride those ups and downs. So, yeah. And I mean, look, we will talk, we can talk about RJ uh, who had, honestly, that, that might've been his worst offensive game ever. He had four points on eight shots, one rebound, one assist, I believe. Um, he must have had some worst games rookie year, but yeah, it was, it was down there to say the least. Yeah, it, it was brutal. Um, I actually thought, I mean, and again, I, I mentioned this on the post game yesterday, but like, <laughs> This is not to praise him or to even like pretend like I'm justifying his play yesterday. I just thought his defense was fine. Like he actually was closing out to shooters, trying to get over screens. Yes, he fucked up a few times, but in general, if that's the defensive effort you're getting from him, you're probably okay. Um, the problem is the offense was terrible, and he looks so out of sorts right now. He looks, he looks a lot like I, I again. It's something I mentioned going back a little bit, but like he, the stretch he's having right now reminds me a a lot of the stretch that quickly had um, in January and February last year, where he was just like totally in his own head, couldn't buy a shot, couldn't get in rhythm. And you're just sitting there wondering like, when the fuck is this guy going to snap out of it? Because this is brutal to watch. And um, you know, even admit, even, and, and I'm saying this, even though like last week he had 30 against Miami and it was not just like some, empty 30. No, that was like a 30 that helped us win the game without Brunson. Brunson didn't play that game. So, um, like there's still signs and I, I, I still think there's like reason for plenty of optimism that, you know, he's going to bounce back. But that being said, like he's got to get the fuck over it. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I don't know if he's upset that, you know, um, about his role that he's not, being prioritized or whatever. I don't really care. Uh, the fact of the matter is this is a really good team and he is probably the biggest thing holding it back from reaching a level that I think anybody would have been ecstatic about to start the year. Like I'm I've, if RJ is just, and I'm not even talking about RJ being like a star, I'm talking about RJ just being good, like a good starter. If RJ is a good starter, like what this team could do, I think. Like, I think they could win a playoff round, and and quite frankly, if he got back to that level and Mitch is healthy, I think they can beat anybody in a series in the East other than Boston and Milwaukee. Like Philly would obviously be a huge favorite. They played really tough. They have played yeah, really that's tough. for for several years actually since Tibbs got here. They've always felt like uh, um you know like they could go toe to toe with Philly. Yeah, so like I, I'm not saying they would beat Philly, but I, I would the, the fact that. Philly does is one of the few teams that doesn't have a tactical coaching advantage over us. But. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. but yeah, like, and I just think, you know, again, like, would Philly beat us? Probably they'd be the favorite, but I would feel pretty okay about our odds going in. I, I think we have a puncher's chance in that series. I think we match up really well with Cleveland. I think we match up very well with Miami. Like any of these teams that could theor- Brooklyn, like Brooklyn, Brooklyn owns yeah, the city. They do. They run it. Also, Sean Marks is doing such a great job. Um, did such a good job of trading KD. Amazing work. Um, but yeah, like we could obviously beat Brooklyn. Like none of those teams scare me. And yeah, my the issue is that is the bad, the worst coaching. It's the it's the yeah, it's the tact. Yeah, but that's that's different. That's 
I'm just talking about from a personnel standpoint. None yeah. of these teams are like, oh my God, how, what are we going to do? Um, but to bring it back to RJ, like he had, like, again, I don't know what's going on with him, but it's, it's all these little things that he's doing now that are really frustrating. Like yesterday, he missed, like how many times is he going to hold up the gooseneck after a three and just watch it? Just stare at it. You know what? I love in basketball. Yeah, yeah. They should make that's what they to make him make him stand like that for the rest of practice. He he should. I mean, like honestly, it's it's ridiculous how frequently that happens. He got saved yesterday on one of those because Hart got back and stole the ball uh, off of Ben Simmons' outlet to was Royce O'Neal. But like, yeah. it's just it's just bad stuff. And then like there was another play in the third quarter where RJ just doesn't box out McCall Bridges, who gets an offensive rebound. And then to compound the issue, RJ fouls him. So he gets to the line. And then he had that he had another soft and one that he gave up to Nick Claxton yesterday. At the, like, yeah. this is like he's playing with no physicality or force on the defensive end. And then offensively, it's like it feels like every time he gets the ball right now, he's trying to justify a $107 million contract. And it's like, dude, can you just fucking play basketball? Can you like chill the fuck out and just play basketball? Because what you're you're the thing on this team that's stopping it from really getting to a place that again, like I don't know if anybody would have expected that coming into the season. Like, and it's like that and one with Claxton also. It shows to like just how I don't want to use the word lost, but it's like I mean, you often when people analyze like zone defense from linebackers and in, in football, they often talk about getting depth. And, and there's guys sometimes where like, you're just guarding grass, right? You're not deep enough to guard, you know, kind of the, the, the mid or, or deeper routes and you're not far enough up to guard the flat. And that was that Claxton play where, where RJ kind of had to split the difference between two defenders. And, um, you know, the, the passer, I forget who, who threw the, I think it was um, Cam Johnson who threw the pass. Cam Johnson actually did like a no look pass, yeah, but he didn't he did, need yep. to. Because it didn't fool RJ, but RJ still wasn't close enough to Claxton to make a difference there. And that's where it's like, you know, like, you know, and it's go back to another movie football analogy. It's like, you know, make mistakes, make them big. I'm not going to eat your lunch over that, right? You want to like sell out on that Claxton pass because you think you have a read on him, then go for it. Um, or, you know, if you, if you think he's going for the three, then, you know, and you get fooled there, sometimes it happens, right? But he, he wasn't, I mean, he was, he was defending grass, right? Hardwood in this case. So like that, those are really alarming thing where it's just like you know he's just not um you know he just seems to be just a step slow right now at, at everything. Yeah, and and I think you know you see that on defense, you see it in the rebounding. Um, I I actually thought it was kind of telling yesterday in the fourth quarter. So that's when RJ comes in with the bench group. Like Tibbs was basically telling him to clear the fuck out and like quickly run the offense, um, which is like and I, I think you could tell like RJ was a bit annoyed by that. But like again, read the room, dude. You're two for eight. You're playing like absolute shit. Um like it's okay. I'm sorry. Go take a back seat. And like he could benefit from that if he would if he accepts it. And like I don't know. I I, I this is you I don't benefit from that actually the guy who um the public enemy number one last year. Yeah get Randall, right? Yeah I think He's benefited a lot from embracing kind of playing. I mean, it's not like he doesn't get to do stuff, but yeah, playing off Brunson, I think helps him a lot. Or any of it quickly. Like he's, he's Randall. I wouldn't say he defers to quickly, but a lot of the looks he gets were like quick. will just draw a help defender and get Randall a catch and shoot three and Randall being willing to take those shots in rhythm or, or just work against closeouts. That's helped. And I think Barrett benefits from that too. When he embraces that. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, he, I, I, again, I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know. I have no, I have no clue. But like to me, it looks like he's pressing in all in all kinds of ways. It feels like he's upset about, I don't know, uh, his role, the usage, whatever. Maybe not upset's probably the wrong word, but maybe disappointed he's letting him. But it, none of this matters. Like whatever it is, you can't let that stuff impact how you defend, how you rebound your decision making like at some point you got to get the fuck over it and play for the team and like do you think if you, um, if, go ahead sorry I, I was just gonna if you want an example of like who like guy like look quickly quickly just a 25th pick okay he's not supposed he was like i don't care what people say 
you get drafted in the late first, early second, you're not some major organizational priority. You're just not. It's just not how it works. He's at this. He he earned his way into the rotation as a rookie off the bench. He for two years he's basically sat behind guys that are better than it that he's better than at his position. And while he's seen the team bring in multiple players to start over him, and then this summer he sees them bring in Jalen Brunson, and he sees oh uh, I my name is floating around in trade rumors, and I don't think you could ever ever fault him for his effort or his commitment or his willingness to play for the team. And that doesn't Even mean during that, that doesn't... stretch that you mentioned from last year, right? That was a big difference. Yeah. Between, like his plus minus was still great last year, even though when he was shooting like garbage, right? Because um, he, I think that in some ways he's just always going to be a better defender than RJ because there's just things he's good at that like 99% of NBA players aren't. But um, you know, like that it, part of it is, is buying in and, and, in that effort, but you know, kind of on that note, right? I, I was kind of going to get him this as well. Um, you know, like Brunson, obviously, you know, he's a very polished player. You know, you look at his press conferences, you can tell that the guy probably watched, you know, his dad and others. He grew up around people who were in a professional organization and, and he knows what to say, right? Um, you know, you look at a guy like Randall who's had to battle his own demons. Um, you know, is it is this is at this point, especially with a coach who kind of can wear on players, right? Maybe that's what's happening with RJ. You know, is this an opportunity, or you know, is this kind of a test of of the leaders in that locker room, right? You, even I mean, even guys like Rose and Fournier still have an important role there. I think both of um, and I'll commend both of them because it seems like they've both bought in. You know, I, I actually small thing, but like Fournier came in in garbage time and played. And, um, you know, he, he had a smile on his face, played with enthusiasm. He's been he's been really good. And, you know, you can say that, well, you know, and I don't think that's something small because the Knicks had a player who got benched for Mitchell Robinson and who couldn't guard a pick and roll to save his life. And he whined and complained to Steve Popper. Right? He hadn't found his true calling as um, the person to bring down the CCP. But Enos Freedom, <laughs> um, think about, compare Evan Fournier's behavior to Enos Freedom's. Yeah, uh, Cantor, whatever. Enos Cantor, whatever. I'm not calling call him. him. I'm not. I'm not calling him Enos Freedom. He's Enos Cantor. <laughs> Enos World Peace. Yeah, yeah. Enos, Enos Cantor. Uh, um, but um, but the point I'm making is, you know, how much you know is it kind of on the vets and and the other leaders, not just the vets. I mean, quickly is a leader at this point too. Is it on those guys to kind of bring RJ in, hold them accountable, you know, that kind of thing, or you know, what what are your thoughts on how much that can help here? What do you mean? Just like, like in terms of leadership, right? If you if you think that he's he's going through something mentally and and that's an, an issue or part of it, you know, you, you'd hope that guys like Brunson, quickly Randall, Rose, Fournier can can mitigate that. Hart, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think he needs to. I, he needs the All Star break. I I think he really needs All Star break. He needs to get away and just chill but the other thing is like uh, he's also to me just doesn't look like he's in top tier condition like he looks like i don't think he's out of shape or overweight or something but like he might have bulked up too much over the summer but even as adjusting for that like he just is not moving well and you know maybe he's carrying something that we don't know about but i i can't give him that benefit of the doubt because i don't fucking know um but he's not moving well and and yeah like i i do think some of it is mental some of it's physical whatever but yeah, like can can guys approach him and can they can they help him get out of it? I don't know. I mean, you would like to think that, but sometimes we like we saw last year with Randall, right? Nobody could fucking like get him to chill, and he needed to he needed the off season. He needed to go away for two months, get his mind right, have Johnny Bryant challenge him, kind of, and uh, he's come back with a much better attitude. And I think and reframe reframe the problem, right? I actually liked that quote where he was like, you know, what would you like? Would you want to be teammates with someone like yourself? I, I bet you it's never been framed like that in Julius's mind. And you know, RJ may need that kind of framing, whatever it is, whatever that sh- you know paradigm shift that he needs. Sometimes you need someone to give you that. It's someone something that probably would have seemed obvious to all of us, right? Like, yeah, like no shit. How does Julius not realize how much of a pain in the ass he is? But um, you know, phrasing things like that. But you you kind of need to step away, I think, to even be open to that as well. So I definitely agree. Like the All Star break. And I think that applies a bit to Grimes. You know, I don't think his effort or anything has been an issue. But I, I think with him, he's just running into the. I think he's just running into the wall. 
He's played how many yeah. minutes this year? He's played, uh, let's see, 1,455 minutes this year. That's way more than he played last year. He's also played heavy, like he, like all those fancy metrics that grade, minutes. like, yeah, and they'd grade, you know, like, oh, the defensive matchups. And all. He's taking a tough matchup every single night. He's playing a lot of minutes. He'll be fine. I'm not that worried about him. Um, I think what I will say, though, is, like, this is why I never understood the rush to be like, he's not just our best prospect, but he's also like our best perimeter defender. Like, I, I just don't agree with that. Like, is he a better man defender than anybody else in the team? Like just one V one ISO situation. Sure. I, I mean, I would argue that, I would argue that if Julius is. Yeah. Active, that's what I was like when Julius cares, he's probably the best, but you know, on average, yeah, sure. He's, he's the best one V one defender we have. But like we know NBA defense, ninety percent of it is not one v one stuff, right? It's it's all these boring things of execute you know, tag the role man. It's Emmanuel quickly and Josh Hart stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I just think I, I thought last year that quickly played really good defense and it was weird to me that he didn't get any seemingly didn't get much credit for it. Um and I'm happy that he's getting credit for it now, but like I look Grimes is gonna be fine, but like if we're going to be serious about who is like, you know, the importance to the future of the team and all this type of stuff, like quickly is just on another level to him at this moment. Um, And that's not like a knock on Grimes again, who I like a lot, but it was just, I just felt like that was always just such a weird rush to judgment after like summer league where it's like, Oh my God, he had great summer league. This is the best prospect we have. And I'm like, dude, quickly had a great summer league last year. What are we talking about? Like, like, I think, I I think, I don't think it was, as unreasonable because you had a guy who had a very projectable role on defense. You know, his defense pops more, right? Quickly does a lot of things that you don't notice unless you watch the film 69 times, as Tom Thibodeau would say. Um, but, um, but the things that Grimes did, you know, just kind of being in a guy's face, Quickly's doing that more. It's more visible this year. Um, but, um, you know, last year it was more the little things. And he, he shot 38% on high volume, and he just has a very projectable stroke, right? So, like, that kind of a player who just seems to plug in and be a fit like that in the modern NBA, Knicks haven't had a lot of those. And and it quickly, it, it is kind of with the, the kind of ups and downs he's had with shooting, some of the inconsistency he had on offense. Like, I kind of understood where that was coming from. Uh, and, and, you know, not everyone put – your mileage can vary on some of these advanced stats, right? Um, I think after three years, when someone is consistently like seven, making the team, or the team is seven, eight, nine, ten points better consistently across a variety of lineups, lineups with that player on, you think about it like that. But um, but I mean, I, th- I think they're both going to be good, and I, I do think Grimes' inside the arc game has really stepped up. I think that um, you know, I, I also think that we need to. I don't want to be one of those people. We need to stop pitting players against each other, but like. Like we should probably keep RJ Grimes and quickly. Um, I'd want to keep Obi too if if it you know if it just if it looks like he was going to get an opportunity here. So uh, you know a lot of that is really and a lot of the backlash against Grimes also. There's a lot of backlash against Grimes and that's a lot of Cam stands that are like Cam. Well, because here's the thing: people are like, why couldn't Cam even get any minutes? It seems pretty obvious if you read between the lines that you know if Cam was going to be in a bench role, he wasn't happy with that. So then, so I, I at least will say that people who argue that, well, Cam should have started then, they should have, I will at least argue that they're discussing the right thing instead of the, the argument of why didn't Cam ever get any minutes is like, clearly there was a reason that wasn't just Tim's didn't like him or whatever. Um, but, um, but that's where a lot of the backlash against Grimes coming. It was like, oh, he scored four points yesterday. It's like, yeah, but he gives them spacing. It, someone else was like, well, Grimes is, shooting isn't really needed for that starting lineup. It's like, even if his shooting is down, like that creates space, right? The, the attempt level, you know, the, the respect that he's getting from defenses, if his percentage goes down to 35%, that don't mean he's not providing the, performing the role of a shooter. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's just, there's a lot of game to game overreactions from everyone on everything. But, um, but in the midst of all that, you know, it's, it's, this is probably the longest stretch of, sustained consistent play quickly has had you know if you if you go you know i'm not saying benji's ben's ben's grade are you know the be all end all but look at those grades he does every night 
quickly had like one C, I think, in the last two months. It's consistently B plus, A, A minus. Uh, and you look at he's his been he's been the next most. He's been the next most consistent player all year. Even when he was shooting poorly just throughout the year, it was obvious that he was like, like I mean, remember at the start of the year we were talking about how bad the defense was, how unconnected they were, the lack of effort, and the one guy you could never say that about was quickly. Like he, from the start of the year to now, he's never not one time has he stepped on the floor and not given you maximum effort defensively. And now that he's shooting, it's like that that impact is very very real that you're and seeing. I, I think he's he's. Like Hardenstein, right? Now that he has, he gets more consistent minutes. This is also why I think that Obi, whenever he does get a role that gives him more minutes, I'm not blaming Tibbs. I'm not saying that he's wrong not to give him more more minutes with the way Julius is playing. But when Obi gets more minutes, he's going to shine. Um, I think he already does. But um, but I mean, I think that's helped quickly as well. There is a guy we haven't mentioned much at all. Um, who got snubbed from the All-Star game, who has been averaging 30 for like like the last 10 games, uh, put up 40 last night on the Knicks' um, crosstown rivals, um, and, um, and has been the Knicks' best free agent acquisition in a long time. Uh, you know, let's, um, let's, I mean, first of all, do you think that Brunson got snubbed? Or, you know, even before this stretch, do you think that was obvious? Or um. I did. I, I think Brunson has been um, pretty uh, like, okay, let's be real. He's better than DeMar DeRozan. He's better than Halliburton. Like those two guys should not be on the team over him. There's no argument for it. Um, okay, you, well, you can't argue. Yeah. You can't, you can't argue team success in their favor. And if we're just talking about individual production, he, he stacks up with anybody. So, that to me is absurd that either of those guys on the on the roster room. It's also absurd they're in over Harden, but I I think with Harden he's just getting blackballed because he forced his way out of uh, Brooklyn. I don't think the coach. Well, he also played fewer much. games, right? Yeah, but he plays fewer games. Look, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I just think Brunson the heater he's been on lately has been ridiculous. I mean, yesterday you're talking about forty points. Uh, according to Ryan Rosillo, uh, that forty points is not valid <laughs> because he uh, he drew a. a Somewhat suspect also, the clip, foul call one time. The clip he showed was a foul. The guy moved like yeah. if you move forward, like yeah, once that's that's a foul. And and you can tell me it's a little cheap and it's Brunson kind of like playing and Brunson kind of pushed off. Yeah. but like but yeah, you, I, we I both it. talked about this. Like that's part of that is like if you can subtly push off both here and with like wide receivers, like that's a that's a skill. You know, you can't apparently like touch someone on the arm though with the game on the line, but. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. But um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty horseshit call, and I'm no Philly fan, so. Um, yeah. But like, I uh, yeah, I mean, look, Brunson's just playing at such a high level, and like, you can't. What the Knicks were what twenty second in offense last year or something? They're sixth. Yeah. They're sixth in offensive rating, and I know that's not all Brunson because, like, we talked about. Quickly has gotten better. Randall's bounce back has been immense. Like, of course, they're, they're offensive rebounding at a crazy level. Like, of course, it's not just Brunson, but it's hard to not watch to watch. The, sorry, it's hard to watch this team and not come away from it thinking like, I, I, I mean, think you had a guy who's averaging twenty four on sixty true shooting. <laughs> That's gonna yeah. happen, you know. And and like uh, this is, I think Julius has on aggregate been the Knicks' best player, but like when you boil down games and we've seen how many close games the Knicks have played and all this type of stuff. Like the amount of big time shots that Brunson has made are I you lose track. And so like and you know, I mean, that little... allows Randall to be his best self because Randall doesn't do the things that he's not as great at as much anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He gets 100%. to play quicker. He gets to play off of other guys. Um it's not so much Brunson being a quote unquote true point guard as like Randall doesn't have to do as much of the creation stuff and he gets to just be like a, a bull in a china shop and uh and he's really excelled at that yeah so, and so and like, like i mean I'm not, i don't want to take away credit from him but that has also been part of that is that the brunson acquisition so yeah yeah i mean it, it's it, it definitely helps and obviously like you said you don't want to give brunson all the credit for randall but like obviously his presence helps i mean it helps everybody it's not just randall right everybody has benefited from Jalen Brunson's acquisition. So, like, yeah, th this team just needs. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this: I don't really give a shit. Like, this isn't. I'm not. I don't get. I don't care about 
the all-star stuff that much. I, I don't, it doesn't really move me. Like it is whatever, but he is playing at an all-star caliber level right now. And he has been for most of the season. Um, and, and, you know, look, the, the one weakness he had offensively coming into the season, at least as a scorer was that pull up three point shooting, right? That was just not a thing that he did very well. And like, he's doing it now at volume and he's taking tough shots and he's, you know, he's canning them at a high clip. Like, I mean, it's not unfair to say that if you're just talking about offense, there are not many guards in the NBA. You're taking over Jalen Brunson right now. There's just not like the guy is absolutely dynamite as a scorer. And, um, I mean, who, like, let's, let's name them, right? Who like one-on-one, if you need a shot, who are the better one-on-one players in the NBA than him? Um, Kyrie. Kyrie and Steph come to mind. Um, Dame. Dame. Um, you know, then, but then you're getting, like, a guy like Ja, I guess, because he has the blow-by blow speed. But Brunson is more well-rounded. I'd take Brunson over Ja. I know that's probably... I'm well, sure you, many you hate people. Josh, so like, but like, but uh, like, um, Jaws, Jaws I, fine. So for me, Jaws so fine. Just, but like, if we're if we're gonna be real about Jaws, like that guy benefits a lot from, let's say, the offensive rebounding of his team. That I think helps him out very much. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's um, you know, so I mean, it's you can count on one. I mean. He like when's the last time the Knicks had a scorer? Like, I mean, he's he's the Knicks' best scorer, right? Since Carmelo, easily. Yeah, um, that, and that's, that's what Carmelo, it is. But, you know. Um, and um, and he just, I mean, I, I talked about this too. Like, he's not, he doesn't have real blow by speed. Quickly is faster than him, right? With the ball in his hands, um, he doesn't have real blow by speed. Obviously, not a great vertical athlete. I mean, he's just strong, shifty. but like, he's not like Drew Holiday. Um, but he's, but he's no, it's his economy of movement, right? Look, watch like step backs from James Harden or even quickly or Dame. Like they like, they will move five, six feet back on their step backs. And they have so just crazy body control and flexibility that they make that work. But Brunson, his fakes are so good and subtle. Uh, you know, like he has, you know, you know, he's got like most guys have the tween has he cross, right? So, um, you know, go between the legs, has he, has he, and then on the cross, they like create a ton of space and move with that crossover, right? For, with Brunson, when he does the tween, he does the hezzy, but then he just pulls it back and shoots. He loves that move, right? He doesn't even need to do the, the crossover because the fake itself is so lethal. His, like, with very small moves, he can just get the defender off balance. And, and so, like, he doesn't need to step back four feet, which so that makes the, the shooting easier. Um, and on top of that, like, since he can attack in such a variety of ways, the defender can't really close out, can't really defend anything at a high level. Um, I'm pulling up his um, his pull up shooting stats right now from NBA.com, um, and uh, but you know I I know he's at forty percent from three for the season, which is higher than it was um, on higher volume, um, and um, you know specifically I think a lot of that is coming from pull ups, but you know on on pull up threes he's shooting. Um, He's shooting thirty nine and a half percent on pull up threes on two point eight attempts per game. Uh, you know, to to compare, Jamal Murray, pretty good pull up shooter, forty two percent on three and a half um, threes per game. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, who's been on a heater, probably has is higher than him. 30, Donovan Mitchell shooting basically the same, thirty nine point six percent. It is on five point eight attempts per game. The point is, like Brunson has turned into a volume through like. He can get any shot he wants at any time. And, I mean, there's people who complain that they, they kind of lean into that a little bit too much, which is not completely unreasonable. But, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's right now on a heater. Maybe that pull-up shooting regresses a little bit, but his form and everything is so good. Well, it, it doesn't even matter. It, 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 it doesn't matter if it regresses because now it's a weapon. Like, teams have to honor it now. They have to play up on it. And that's the biggest – That that's the actual value. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie is not a good pull-up three-point shooter, but guess what? He gets defended like. Except when he plays the Knicks, Jesus yeah. Christ, dude! That guy, but like, like he's like a career thirty percent three-point shooter. I don't think he's ever missed one against the Knicks. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like that, the point is, like, but yeah. teams have to defend that, right? They have to honor it because he takes it so much, and he's willing to take it. Like that's that has been the big. And it's not like Russell Westbrook willing to take threes, right? It's like you, you leave him wide open, he's going to hit it at the efficient rate. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think. I think they've 
you know, he's just, I, I, I really don't have much to say other than like, he's playing great because what else is there to say? I mean, he drops 40 points yesterday. He, he went four of eight from the line and he still dropped 40, like was on 21 shots, just an absolute ridiculous performance. Um, and it's weird because he's still shooting 84% from the free throw line. He's above his career average. It, it's felt like he's missed so many. Him and quickly um, have weirdly but, like been relative to them, I guess, struggling at the free throw line of, of in recent. Uh, yeah. Games. And maybe but, we overweighted because we mixed with his. But I said before the season, like with his role, I could see Brunson averaging 25 and seven. And a lot of people call me crazy for that. He's 24 and six right now. Yeah. By um, the way, uh, Quickly over his last twenty eight games, ten of which uh, he started, fifteen point nine points per game, four point zero rebounds, three point four assists, fifty seven point six EFG, sixty one true shooting, forty seven point nine, thirty nine point three, eighty and a half splits from the field. Um, that yeah, his overall is, stats are now high enough. He's, this is not he's had the highest. He's up to twenty fifty. He's up to fifty six true shooting himself, which is yeah. higher than even what it was when he was a rookie and shot. 40% from three. So Yeah. And I just like the way he's shooting the three now. Like he's not hesitating. He's pulling the trigger. I still I still get annoyed. He's I still think he has this five percent on the season. So even yeah. like even for the season, his numbers don't look bad. But yeah, and over those twenty eight games, he's averaging five point eight attempts from three per game. So like again, the trigger is is back. But like I still think sometimes he he loves he loves to pump fake and drive in now. And I think sometimes he actually overdoes it, but um, the fact that he can do that and and you feel like he's going somewhere is is good. I mean, that's that that feels great. Um, and I, and I even, like, this, I was we were both high on him as a prospect. If you told me by year three he'd be taking thirteen percent of his shots at the rim and shooting sixty seven percent at the rim, uh, you know, I would have asked you to give me your dealer's number, man. Like that's um, that's pretty nuts, you know. Um, yeah, like he's yeah. legitimately very effective at the rim now. And yeah, and, and 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 I think part of the frustration that you know to bring it back to RJ a little bit, like part of the frustration I think, and why people are so down on him is, is quickly plays kind of the same position weirdly, right? And he's playing it so a lot Grimes, better. Right? Yeah, and and but I the Grimes stuff is now, so. yeah, but but Grimes isn't getting the, you know, I I don't think I think he's actually rated fine among Knicks fans. Like there's people that. Other than like the weird Cam fam people who like want to shit on Grimes because he's not Cam, which I don't really understand, but like quickly he's just playing at such a higher level than RJ, and it's hard to just ignore that because it's like they play so much of the same positions, they play alongside the same guys a lot of times, and one guy is giving you everything that you want, and the other one is kind of like going through this weird lull. Um, you know, it, it's just it's it it exacerbates kind of the the lingering uh feelings you have about how rj is struggling this year but you know um, yeah it's like when you're um you know any anyone with a sibling knows that <laughs> like when your sibling's doing well and you're not doing so well uh your parents are gonna you're gonna stick out more to your parents another thing i don't have the knicks ever had a 90 50 40 player 40, 50, 90? Uh, no, I don't think they have. Pretty sure they haven't. So Brunson is shooting 48.5% from the field, um, 40% from 42, 1.7% from three. I think it's his free throw shooting of all things holding it back. He's at 84, but I, I keep, it's probably too late in the season now, but um, you know, maybe something to keep an eye on in future seasons. He has a chance to do it. I think quickly has a chance to do it too, but um, you know, that, um, you know, I thought that was a fun fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is a fun fact. And by the way, if like if the Knicks trade Emmanuel quickly, which like, I mean, obviously they can't do it this year. Would you trade Emmanuel quickly straight up for OG Ananobi? No, I never would. Michael have done Bridges. That. No, Michael Bridges can't dribble. Um, who is the worst player you'd trade quickly straight up for? I wouldn't trade Emmanuel quickly for God. Uh, no, Bam. I I would trade him for Bam. Wow, like, you're thinking about I, this, huh? Well, like I just I I don't know if like I like this is like more of a positional thing cuz it's like is Bam good enough as a center to make that worthwhile, which isn't just separate from like is Bam better than Quickly? Like you have to say based on 
Well, we've seen Bam's Bam's like Durant, so that's a good. Yeah, <laughs> well, like Bam, Bam obviously is better than quickly, but like to me, like the the bar for centers is so high because, yeah, like, it, Bam, it's, Bam like is legitimately the third best center. Yeah, I think like Bam, 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 I guess is is a good one. Um, I just, I just don't, I, I really think that like what you have in a player like him though is so unique and rare that. If I can avoid, like, okay, look, if Devin Booker is on the table or something and the Suns are like, all right, we just need Emmanuel quickly, you probably have to pull the trigger, right? But, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, he is that level now where I'm not trading him for fucking first-round picks. I'm not trading him for some nice wing player. No, like, he stays unless there is some trade to be had for a true superstar in my opinion like and not and i'm not even talking i'm not i'm talking about a true superstar no none of this zach levine Booker, bullshit Tatum, yeah yeah you not, probably, none would of you even trade him for like jalen brown that's a good question I, mean, brown, but, I think he's right on the border of like star yeah i i think you would have like you almost have to do that but if you told me that came back and like if, if you told me that boston won the trade or something I don't think that would be absurd. Like, it, I think like, Quickly's really fucking good, and Jalen Brown's really fucking good too. But I, I but Jalen Brown, man, like he he's we were actually talking about this very briefly yesterday at our Discord. But he's like such a Tibbs player, where it's just like, yeah, dude, just ISO, just vibes, and like make it just, just cook, bro. Like that's Jalen Brown just wants to cook all the time. That's like what he wants to do. Um, him and uh, Ball don't stop. <laughs> but like, well, and, uh, well, Jalen Brunson is a very ball don't stop player. It's but it's also so like, is quickly when you quickly, quickly like got that, quickly nah, got the ball don't stop uh, sign up. He, he got does, the he got the when, he got the ball don't stop tweet of approval. Ball last year. don't stop. He, I mean, I think he likes the the quickly like the showmanship stuff. But honest, you don't have to say pull up shooting, which was Quickly's main calling card, is like not even the biggest part of his game anymore, right? That glue guy stuff, I promise you, it comes easy to a player like this. That's what that's what Ball and Stop would say, and I think, and I think that quickly proves that wrong. Um, I, I mean, let's let's actually talk about Jalen Brown for a second because I know so Jeremy Cohen. Let's talk about Jalen Brown. Let's talk about Jalen Brown. But before we talk about Jalen Brown, I should do a thing that I need to do, and I'm going to pull it up right now so that I can read off this wonderful. Wonderful advertisement to the masses. Uh, all right. I am dumb, but here we go. Uh, uh, are we there? Okay. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, all right. Yeah. Look, Jalen Brown, let's let's do it. Yeah. So so Jerry Cohen wrote a long piece about how the Knicks, would, are, Knicks are acting like their priority is to maintain cap space for 2024. One, I do think it's interesting, and I know less about the cap than you, so I'll definitely defer to you. Wonder how much Josh Hart, you know, might impact that. But two, you know, I actually, I, I, I talked with, or I, I mentioned something to Jeremy about that on that those lines, and he said, for what it's worth, he doesn't think Jalen Brown would be the target. And for me, if I look at that free agency class, I'm like, then who is? There's no stars there, right? Um, so, you know, maybe that's a better question to direct towards Jeremy. But um, kind of, what, I mean, one. Do you think Jalen Brown would be available? On the one hand, he's in a great situation playing next to, um, you know, another great player on the wing, another great young player, and a bunch of guys who are willing to do the dirty work, great defenders. Um, you know, he probably, that's a place that is built to 
give him a ring more than, you know, for, for every year for a long time, more than maybe any other place in the NBA. But it is Boston. Uh, we know that Jalen Brown is someone who's, who's outspoken about, about many issues. Maybe he doesn't love it. And it, it is, it, he is an unrestricted free agent. Um, definitely curious to your thoughts on all of that. Uh, I actually talked to Jeremy about this. It's funny that you mentioned this. Uh, after we traded for Hart, I sent him a DM and I said, looks like uh, your 2024 plan is dead, pal. Um, and he agreed. I, I don't think they're going to be a cap space team in 2024. Uh, the Hart trade, like you mentioned, kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, Hart's going to get, what, 15 to 20 mil, right? Something like that. Hart's going to get that. I mean, he, 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 he's going to get 20 if he plays like this. Hart's going to get paid. You assume that Emmanuel quickly, quickly will get an extension. extension. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that'll yes. be at this point? Four for six or something? I don't know, man. Uh, I I would I'm paying Emmanuel quickly whatever he wants, blank check. Uh, four for seventy, four seventy five. I think that he could get that for sure. Um, I mean, if Pool got four for one thirteen, like yeah. I mean, I Pool got Pool got four for one forty. I thought. Yeah. Pool, so we're Pool giving him paid. half what Pool got, which he is not. He is a lot better than half the player that Jordan Poole is. So he's better yeah. than Jordan Poole. So yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't want to say that out loud, but yeah. Uh, by the way, Alan Hahn said that uh, Mitchell Robinson should be cleared for contact on court contact next week. So um, what's the timeline usually? How much between that and so that I mean I, that would pretend you think right after All Star break, maybe a game or two. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think that, I would think that the Jalen Brown angle, I don't know why the Knicks wouldn't be interested in Jalen Brown. Like, I'm not yeah, saying that they, if there was mutual interest, they can, they, he is the guy you dump picks to become a cap space team for, right? Yeah, or, or do you, I mean, look, we've, we've seen that teams will play ball if a player wants to leave, right? As long as they're getting something out of the deal. So maybe you, you don't even need to dump cap space. You can work with Boston or something. Um, but he, he's an interesting player in the sense of like, he is super talented. Obviously he has of his ability off the bounce has improved tremendously. His handle um, compared to what it was when he came into the NBA I still I don't love the decision making from him offensively. I think he takes really stupid shots quite often. I think he forces his way into traffic quite often. Don't love his feel as a passer. Um, at the end of the day, he's still an efficient, you know, twenty-five point per game scorer or whatever the fuck he is this year. He's really good. He's really young. He is really athletic. Um, his on-ball defense can at times be tremendous. I do think he's very susceptible off-ball defensively and gets exposed a lot in those ways. Uh, if you went back and watched that Celtics warrior series from the finals last year, I think you'd see examples of that throughout the series, but he like, so all I'm really saying is he's not a perfect player, but he like, he's really close to that. Is he a star? Is he a superstar? Like what it's really, you know, it can go either way depending on the night that you're watching him. If but Adam to Jalen Brunson and Julius, if you add him to this team, if you took him, if you added him to this team, Who's better than us in the East? I mean, one, the second benefit of that is one of the teams that is better. Right. Suddenly it's less clear. Um, I, we probably wouldn't beat Milwaukee in a series, but I would. I think we would give them hell. And I would take us over anyone else. If you added Jalen Brown to this team? Yeah. Jalen Brown and maybe I mean, a it's more... it's worth it at that point. You'd, you'd need Jalen Brown and a more tactically astute uh, head coach probably, but... You know, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, but on talent, you, you wouldn't take it. The only thing that kind of would give me pause is that, to your point, your two lead, your two lead guards or whatever, they're both let him cook type players. Randall is more of a connectory piece, but at heart, he's like more of a scorer, right? So you know, you kind of at heart, he's more. That's another the benefit of Hart. Also, even when he plays in that starting lineup, and the spacing isn't great, if two point shooting comes down to earth, it's that he gives them that connector. I do wonder if they do get a wing, do they need someone more in that mold? But you know, I would rather deal with Jalen Brown's talent and try to get him to embrace some more passing than to pass on it and like trade for you know to um, kill Bridges just because he's better. Uh, connected. Piece with, uh,
ので、ありがとうございます。You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.